0: It's time for The Deuce with Jimmy Chavez on 1620 The Zone. All the headlines you need in two minutes or less.
1: Just a little bit of stuff going on. In addition to the big win for the Creighton men, the women's team scored another league win, this time over St. John's Saturday afternoon at Sokol, The trio of Lauren Jensen, Morgan Molly, and Emma Ronsick combined for 56 points. The Red Hot Jays are now 16-6 overall, 10-4 in the Big East. They've now won four straight. And they'll be back on the road tomorrow night at Seton Hall. Tough loss for the Omaha men. Saturday Baxter's Western Illinois rallies from 12 down to beat the Mavs, 75-72. J.J. White led the Mavs in scoring with 16 points. Omaha falls to 7-18 overall, 3-10 in the summit. They'll embark on their two-game Arctic swing through the state of North Dakota, beginning with a game in Fargo Thursday night against North Dakota State. The Omaha women come back to win for the second consecutive game, this time on the road at Western Illinois, 57-55 to, to sweep the season series. Aaliyah Stanley led the Mavs with 17 points, including three threes. Omaha improves to 11-13 on the season and 6-7 and in league play. The Mavs welcome the North Dakota schools to Baxter over the weekend, although not all in one game. That wouldn't be fair. They'll host North Dakota State on Thursday night at Baxter Nebraska sophomore Alexis Markowski is named at the top 10 list for the Lisa Leslie Award, which honors the nation's top center in Division I women's basketball and is named after the Basketball Hall of Famer. Husker women's basketball on the road tonight at Northwestern tip-off is at 6 o'clock. All eyes on LeBron James this week as he moves to 36 points away from breaking the NBA career scoring record. In the Lakers 131-126 loss in New Orleans on Saturday night that ended the Pelicans' losing streak at 10 games. LeBron had 27 points to go with nine rebounds and six assists against 38 years old. As he continues to close in on Kareem Abdul Abdul Jabbar's record of 38,387 points could happen as early as tomorrow night at home as the Lakers host Oklahoma City. And if not, then it would come Thursday night when the Lakers host the Milwaukee Bucks.
2: And it, the news of Kyrie being traded to Dallas is the attention in the, the NBA circus. right now. Yep. Instead of LeBron going to break huge, uh, the record. Man, huge. He asked on Twitter, is it? Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, how many people have said, hey, I want to go play with LeBron? Right. Man, their, their bubble championship put them in purgatory. It did. Yeah. When you think of the one championship, LeBron and the Lakers, and nobody
0: was there to witness it
2: except for staffers. Tim Kruger is going to join us here in a a little bit. Uh, It is five weeks to Selection Sunday, five weeks away. Yesterday, Ohio State lost their fourth in a row. We'll get to Chris Holtman um, because Sensabaugh, who one of the better freshmen in the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. is fifth in the league in scoring, fifth on Ohio State's roster in terms of minutes, and has now been put on the bench. And then Northwestern. bold strategy. Then Northwestern. Give it up to Chris Collins. Wow. Who's the Big Ten Coach of the Year? So Chris Collins and Wisconsin, they go into Wisconsin. They sweep the Badgers this year. Wisconsin may not make the tournament. Yeah. That's – last time, Wisconsin-Ohio State did not make the tournament. You might have to dig deep to find that uh, combo. All right, let's welcome in our uh, bracketologist, Tim Kruger, who joins us five weeks from uh, Selection uh, Sunday. Wisconsin going to make the NCAA tournament?
3: Uh, Well, right now I'd say no. But, uh, you know, things could change. But it doesn't look like it. it
2: uh doesn't look like it. Ohio's, well, one, Ohio State one went for. One little from, note about Wisconsin. Yeah.
3: One little note about Wisconsin. Man, you can hear a pin drop when they play. Mm-hmm. There's just no noise in that building.
2: Yeah, this is a weird year there. They just have never really gotten any forward momentum this season. And I know they're in your second four out in your bracket that will be released later today on Stadium. So... Wisconsin is in a precarious position. How much damage did Nebraska yeah. do to Penn State yesterday?
3: Um, well, they did some damage, no doubt about it. Uh, I don't know. You know, you can't just pin it all on that, that loss. But it just seemed like their resume, when I looked at it last night versus, say, a couple days ago, their resume got a lot worse. Let's put it that way. And the problem this year is that, <clears throat> you know, I think for the last decade we've heard the term man the bubble's weak you know I just mm-hmm. always shake my head going yes the bubble's weak every year because bubble teams mm-hmm. lose All Right This year there's that you haven't heard anybody say that term there's a lot of depth in the bowl not necessarily great teams but there's a lot of teams with the same resumes basically you know that 13-10 14-9 record they maybe have one decent win, and that's about it. And they're all sitting there, most of them from major conferences. And look what happened with Oklahoma State. You win a couple of big games, and boom, you zoom by all those teams, and you jump into the field. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who's a beat writer for uh, Utah call me last night and ask about, you know, obviously they had a bad loss to Stanford over the week. But, you know, I just said, man, they're just so far down the list now. Even if they, you know, they've got a, they've got Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, USC coming up, they've got opportunities. But even if winning those, they're so far down, and there's so many teams ahead of them who could have big wins. It's just hard to climb that mountain right now.
0: Uh, Creighton, you know, just kind of looking at where we've talked about them the last couple of weeks here too. I know that they've got a couple of opportunities up ahead to maybe strengthen that seed, but when you just kind of look at what they're doing, you know how much how much ground would you say they've gained here over the last week? With you know, considering the competition, just sort of taking care of what they need to take care of right now.
3: Yeah, they gained a lot of ground with me, not so much with Mm -hmm. other people who had them in the field this whole time, which I didn't think they maybe were. I mean, when you're you know, nine and eight or eleven and ten, you really can't consider a team that are not. They weren't eleven and ten. What am I saying? Nine and eight, uh, you can't really say they're in the field. Uh, yeah, they've they've got up quite a bit on my board here over the last uh, three weeks. They've gone from you know in the playing game to nine seed and pretty strong nine seed right now. So, but they, they you're right though, Nick. The one thing I, I puzzle a little bit when I see brackets having them at six and seven is they. Their resume is pretty thin really. They don't have that big high quality win. Uh Xavier helped them out a little bit now. They've moved into the top twenty five. Mm-hmm. But they but they just haven't had a lot of big time quality wins, a lot of losses in that in that tier one. They played a very, very tough schedule. But they need they need to beat UConn. Yeah, that's you know, UConn's still, I think, sitting seven in the net. They need mm-hmm. to beat UConn. And then they need to beat Marquette. Now you've got really some meat on the bone there. Now you can start talking. You know, at that point, you know, even if they lost one, they could be somewhere around the eighteen and nine record. Now, now you can start talking about a, you know, six seed, five seed, and so forth.
2: Yeah, no, I think their next, like their next six, gives them some quad one opportunities. That game Wednesday night. So Seton Hall, I mean, quietly, and they're they're on the wrong side of the bubble in your bracket. I mean, that's a game that Seton Hall, we saw a little bit with Villanova, going to play with desperation. Um, that's a, That all of a sudden, that is an interesting game. And then, of course, the Villanova game, even though Villanova's, what, 90 in the net. Um, but I think the next six games are opportunities. Like you were alluding to, the game on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday with UConn at home. Then they got Marquette on a Tuesday night at home. There are opportunities that if you don't have them as seven... If they're able to take advantage of those opportunities, then they are a 7 and then can't we start talking about maybe a slide up to the next line?
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and especially if, if they got, even though I don't think it was particularly great, you know, as far as a resume builder beating Providence at Providence, because Providence isn't, you know, uh, you know, they're not in the group with, you know, UConn and some of those other teams, but from a perception standpoint, yes, that would be a huge win as well. Yeah, they just got to keep winning. You know, they dug themselves a hole losing those six in a row. They just got to keep winning now. And, uh, boy, you look back on a couple of those games, you know, they were so close. They could have just taken care of business in, in Vegas and got those close wins. Uh, they'd be, they'd be uh, sitting really good right now.
0: Tim, uh I want to go back to the Big Ten, a team that I'm kind of – curious to your thoughts on is sitting as a 10 in Michigan state. Uh, they had that very solid sort of opening to the meat of the big 10 conference schedule. You, you lose two here as of late to Purdue, which, uh, you know, is, uh, I think there's no real issue with that, but also the Rutgers where, where's their kind of margin for error, if you will, with, uh, with Michigan state right now.
3: Uh, they keep thinking, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, they have Maryland coming up at home. That would be a nice win to yep. get them back on track, and you could kind of make an argument for them on a nine line then and an eight line. So that would get them uh, right back on track and kind of out of the danger zone. But you know, when you you look at their uh, their resume, they're three and seven in in Q one, mm-hmm. and they've lost seven games to the top to the top notch uh, Q one, and they haven't won any of those. Uh, they really don't have a lot, you know, on their schedule that you can really write home about. Um, they beat Rutgers, Kentucky, and then everything else, Iowa, and then everything else is, you know, plus 50 and beyond. So, uh, you know, they, they do have the second toughest strength of schedule. So I think that's going to help them if they, let's say they lose and stumble and they're, they're somewhere around 16 and 11, and now you're talking, you know, in that playing range. That's really going to help them. That strength of schedule is going to boost them up above the other teams. So I, I think they're okay. You know, they did they did do a nice job in the non-conference, too. They didn't load up on the bottom feeders. They, they went out and played at least the middling teams. So, And then, obviously, with Alabama, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Oregon. So I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they've got, you know, in the Big Ten, you've got so many middle opportunities. You know, yeah, look look yeah. over the past couple of weeks, you know, you, you speak about Michigan State, but those middle teams, man, they've just bounced around all over the place. Yeah. Iowa's one good example. Um, you, you almost can use the phrase, man, I can't trust any of these middle teams. You just yeah. don't know from one night to the next what's going to happen.
2: What advice would you have for North Carolina, who you have as a 10 seed coming off their loss to Duke and also earlier in the week to a much improved Pitt team?
3: Uh, they better start winning some games. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, that conference doesn't yield a ton of big time opportunities. In fact, it really yields almost none. And if they're gonna, if they're gonna, you know, hang in this bracket and and eventually try and move up the bracket, the only thing they can do now is just go out and win the game. And they just haven't been doing that at a regular level. I mean, they let them. Uh, Earlier this week, they let Pitt sweep them. So, you know, whether Pitt buys their players or not, according to Bayhunt. But uh,
2: (laughs) I mean, what does it matter if they do or not? But I know that's for another. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, They, you know, again, they're one in seven in Q one. They've got Ohio State, who's you know plummeting like a rock, as their only win in the Q one section. Um, they beat North Carolina State. Other than that, everything is 60 and above for them. I mean, they they they've won exactly two games against the top 50. Ooh. That's that's not good. Yep. Uh, now, nice, strength of schedule again. That's going to hang them in there. But they've they can't they can't fool around too much longer. Yeah. They've got to start winning some games. against the Wake force of the world. Um, they you know would really behoove them to win that rematch with duke as well
0: tim i know we've got um creighton's next opponent with a major opportunity at home with seton hall just on the outside if they're able to pull it off against creighton i, I would venture to guess that, that bodes well gets them on the better side but is seton hall on the come i mean how how realistic uh, just right now are you seeing that path for them
2: That was a really tough question you asked him, Nick. I think uh, just just knock the cell signal lost, uh, out, Tim. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, you want to uh, reconnect with him? No, just knock the cell signal because I brought up Seton Hall. <laughs> so in Tim's latest bracket, he has five teams from the Big East, and Seton Hall is one of the first four out. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight from the Big Ten, eight from the Big Twelve, seven from the ACC, six from the SEC. Uh, Kentucky, who he has as one of the last four in, they have a golden opportunity. They play Arkansas coming up on uh, Tuesday night at uh, Rupp Arena. Only three teams from the Pac-12. Yeah. Well, and
0: who do you trust the most when it comes to – you know, I brought Michigan State, but even, like, Kentucky, Duke, some of the powers of be, like – that's an interesting question. I think we got Tim back on. Hey, Tim, you cut out right when I was asking about Seton Hall, just kind of the, the, yeah. the path that they have in front of them, especially starting with that game on Wednesday, hosting Creighton.
3: Yeah, so uh, something I don't look at a lot is the eye test, but hmm. when you look at Seton Hall, boy, sometimes they look really bad. I mean, they're, they're really bad, uh, really struggle offensively. Um, they don't have a point guard. Richmond's really not a point guard. That really hurts them. Um, they they've kind of built that fourteen to nine off the bottom feeders in the Big East. Mm-hmm. So they really, other than the one win, they really haven't done much against the upper echelon teams. Yeah, it would really behoove them to beat Creighton. Um, at that point, they'd have three uh, top twenty twenty five wins, which would uh, really boost their resume. But I, I'm not sure with that team. But they, they, yeah, they've got to do that. If they do that then you could say they could, you know, have a shot to move into the field. The problem is right now, those last four, Oklahoma State, uh, Kentucky, USC, they're, they're all winning. You know, West yeah. Virginia kind of moved out of that last four because they keep winning. So if those teams keep keep winning, it's going to be tough for Seton Hall to move up any further. I, I would just say at the end of the day, I don't think um, – you know, I'm not so sure they're going to be able to uh, uh, move up much more because, uh, you know, and look, they could, they could go on a run here. I, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but it just doesn't appear to me that they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just haven't shown a lot this year so far. Um, I think he's done a terrific job with with what he had to work with. But coming up, I mean, they've got, you know, look at their next, say, six, seven games. They've got, well, actually, to finish out the season. They got Creighton Villanova. You get a breather at Georgetown, but then they got Yukon Xavier Villanova Providence. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they only play one of the bottom feeders the rest of the
2: way out. Mm. So. Who benefits more tonight by winning? Texas or Kansas?
3: Oh, great question. Um I'm gonna say Texas? only because it validates that win at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they could use a, a little boost on the resume to, to threaten that one line more than Kansas can. If Kansas wins tonight, then I think you get into discussion between Arizona, Houston, and Kansas for that last number one. Um, but Texas can use that one more win and then that would put them to me. You know, I've got them on the bottom of the two line. I would that would push them to me, to the top of the two line, and they would challenge for the for that last number one. So, um, would be Texas.
2: Hey, as well always we appreciate. I know this will be out a little bit uh, later. Uh, five weeks away. This could be a, a nice little moving week as well. So you'll do maybe yep. do a little, little scrubbing this week.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do scrubbing every week. I mean, that's that's how um, West Virginia. Even though you know they kind of went one and one this Weird week, team. they moved off the playing game because their resume got better. And when I started comparing to other teams, I felt they were just a notch
2: above. By the way, I do like because I've I've seen them being the, the lone team from the summit. I like that you have Oral Roberts as a 12 seed. I mean, they're that's that's a legit number next to their name.
3: I just couldn't ignore that you know that net ranking anymore. I mean, they just they just keep moving up the net ranking. So, um, you know, when you compare them to all the other teams that are fighting for that twelve seed, um, yeah, I think you have to you had to move up into that into that twelve line.
2: Yeah, they're thirty eight this morning in the net ranking. Well done on yeah. your part. As always, appreciate it. Have a great week. You too. Bye. That's uh, Tim Kruger. You can follow him on uh, TK uh, Brackets. Uh, that bracket will be out on stadium.com. coming up at about noon. Oral Roberts is thirty eight in the net. That's impressive. So there's talk when we were in Tulsa, what happens if they get knocked off in Sioux Falls? Now the only team, this is how weird the Summit League has been, they're killing everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat, they beat South Dakota by 50. They beat South Dakota by 50. You know the team that has played them the toughest is the team that currently has the longest losing streak in the Summit, and that's Omaha. Mm-hmm. So Omaha has lost seven in a row, and blew a 12-point lead on Saturday, lost to Western Illinois. Omaha had a chance to beat Oral Roberts here on the 29th of December. Had the basketball uh, up, down two with a minute to go. Then down there last Saturday night, were up with three minutes to go and had the basketball, and Oral Roberts went on a 10-0 run. Oral Roberts has Max Asmus, and then they have a seven-foot-five player in Connor Vanover who transferred from Arkansas. They've got a lot of pieces nobody's going to want to see them, mm-hmm. especially in the opening game as a five versus 12 or, you know, a four Gross. versus a 13 popular upset. But here's the thing with the summit league is they have to find a way that you can make it a two bid league because if oral Roberts doesn't make it in, I mean, if they get upset, I don't think they're the resume isn't good enough that they're going to be an at large, yeah. because they don't really have any chances to help themselves here. Right. Um, mm. So that will be, that will be curious. Like, You know, you don't want, like, somebody that knocks off Oral Roberts and Sioux Falls will be the most hated team in the Summit League because Oral Roberts has the opportunity to go maybe to the second weekend this year. Was SDSU, I'm trying to
0: remember, when they had Dom, did they ever put a resume no, together? Not really. I, I didn't think so either. I feel Like, am I wrong to think that this is, as far as a net ranking, this would be one of the more impressive ones from a Summit I League team? I think
2: this is the highest, to 38 today is the highest yeah. that a Summit League team has That's had. That's what it felt like, yeah.
0: Because, yeah, I just don't, I don't remember the non-conference for South Dakota State as far as strength of schedule and all the other factors really being all that beneficial for SDSU I mean, during this time. Their
2: best win is Liberty. Which is still a top fifty net team. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were smart. They went and played at the pit in a game that was arranged in about a week yeah. back in January. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a two bid league, but Oral Roberts is a twelve seed. That's a good move on uh, uh, Tim's part. Huge game tonight. Texas and uh, KU as KU is coming off was a great question be too. A game against Iowa State. Iowa State's a three seed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Would Iowa State be upset if they're not in Des Moines? Yeah, I, think
1: I think they, they can be. argue now, yeah, they should Because
2: be. Iowa... They've earned it. So Iowa right now is probably about a 7-8 seed. Could be pegged for Des Moines. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, Creighton, by the way, as uh, he was answering Nick's question, in an 8-9 game in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Auburn-Creighton. But how about this? And, you know, we're five weeks away, so we can dream a little bit. In Tim's world, Auburn and Creighton would play each other. The winner... Would get Purdue in Columbus, Ohio. Ooh, big man fiesta! So you'd have Kalkbrenner against the Big Maple. Yep, that'd be Kalkbrenner against Zach Eady. How about that? That would be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be a high level round of thirty-two game, a yes. major high level. If right. if this was all yeah If this happened. if this, if this was way. five weeks from today yeah. and that was actual matchup, and then you'd have in Columbus, Ohio, you know the people that. We're in the building, that Ohio State fans will be rooting against Purdue. Mm -hmm. So Creighton would have an extra fan base with them. That'd be good. All right, uh, straight up 8 o'clock. Coming up uh, next hour, Jacob Bigelow, Joel Lorenzi will join us. We'll talk some Nebraska basketball and also uh, Creighton. Both teams play on Wednesday. They play at the same time, going in uh, different locations. Uh, One to Ann Arbor, the other out to uh, New Jersey. We will get into, if you go back to uh, Saturday night, did you learn more about Villanova or Creighton in that game it all of a sudden came down to the last minute. Plus, we, we we didn't learn any more about Trey Alexander. It's just a given that he is stone cold. Talk about a guy that has slowly, I mean, he's good, but now he's really playing well. All of that to uh, come in the last two hours on a Monday edition of Super Bowl week on Mornings with Sharp and Haley on 1620 The Zone.
1: Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at?